everybody. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. It's good to be with all of you as we are coming down the end of August into the month of September. Can you believe it? The 22nd Sunday of Ordinary Time. Which this year translates to September 2nd. 2nd. Hard to believe. It's good to be with everybody, and this is the time when we can say it's Labor Day weekend. Most people are already back at school. They are. And those who are listening from from Michigan, they start school after Labor Day. I put my six-year-old daughter on the bus for the first time last week. And did, I, it, did it go okay? Did I, she get off at the right stop? I think so, yes. I she's was back at our house by the end of the day, so I'm assuming that she did. Was she okay? Was she happy? Yeah, but there's a funny, a very funny story with the whole thing. I don't know if I told you. I might... Did I? He said, yeah, he's you saying did. yes. You said yes. But uh, that's okay. Those people out there didn't hear it. So the story goes, I put her on the bus. Emotionally, I did a, a great job. There were no tears on my part. However, our three-year-old cried as soon as the bus pulled off into the sunset because she wanted to be on the bus as well. Um, but immediately after Audrey got onto the bus, I got a phone call from here at John the 23rd from Mosher. They needed some direction where they're going to hang up some of the signs in the new building. So Emery and I changed our clothes quickly, got in the car, started driving over to St. John the 23rd, and we live in Waterville. So I crossed over the Waterville Bridge, and there was a bus stopped uh, on the other side of the bridge. Because the Anthony Wayne School District is on both sides of the river. Correct. So I didn't know they would be taking my little girl, my precious firstborn. Across county lines. Over the bridge that needs replacing because it's not sound structurally. Especially can't hold up a a full school bus. Yeah. These are all the things going through my head. (laughs) But anyway, so I noticed there's a school bus and then I realized, oh my gosh, this is the bus that Audrey's on. It's the same number. And uh, so as the lights go off on the bus and I start driving past it, I look up into the window and I can see her sitting there. And so I take off my sunglasses and she looks at me and I'm waving at her. And uh, I can tell she's trying to figure out why am I in the car and why is Emery with me? And she looks at me with those little blue eyes and she just looks like she's going to burst out into tears. And the bus is moving and I'm moving at the same time. And obviously we're moving in opposite directions. And uh, I felt like I had abandoned my daughter for the rest of her life. But luckily, when I when I asked her after she got home from school, she said, oh, I was just sad because you and Emery were going somewhere fun and I was having to go to school. <laughs> having to go to school. Yeah, I, That's going to be her line for years. Well, and I said, it was the first day of school, the first time you've ever ridden a school bus, and yet that was still somehow second to being in the car with me going to church where we always go. Yeah. Well, she wanted to be part of it. Nobody wants to be left out. Remember that. That is true. You want to belong. You, you don't want to be the odd kid out who goes to kindergarten. You know, speaking of belonging, I find myself so thankful for this church community on a weekly basis. And this weekend was no different. Um, we had a great time at the big party Sunday night, just hanging out with all of our friends. It was, it was fun. I, um, I came directly from mass, five thirty mass. <laughs> you make it sound like you drove over. I walked over, <laughs> but I came directly from mass, right? dressed up with black clothes. Yeah. Black long sleeve shirt, right? Dress shoes. That's why I wore shorts. It was ninety some degrees outside on the hot asphalt of the parking lot. You actually blended into the asphalt. We couldn't I, find you. I for melted. A time. I melted into right. it. <laughs> I, I suffered a lot, but I keep it quiet. I keep it to myself. I don't tell people how harsh my life is. Only on the twenty three podcast. <laughs> this is the pleasure. I, actually, 
uh, it was hotter than I bargained for. I thought, well, by evening it wouldn't matter, but it was hot. It was just thick. The air was thick. But it was wonderful. People were having fun. The little kids were couldn't get enough bouncing, you yeah. know, all those inflatables. The food was extremely good. It was. Uh, about five or six uh, food trucks. A mm-hmm. uh, company had a good chance to visit with different people. I talked to little bitty kids. I think the oldest person I talked to was 92. So wow, people in between. It was a great time. So thank you to Paul and everybody, his whole team, 23 Student Ministries, for putting on a great event. Um, I think it's going to be kind of a fun tradition. And I think next year, too, once we have that 530 Mass a little more established in our weekly routine, I think we'll continue to see this event grow in the years yeah. to come. Other than that, what's happening is we are getting very close to the end of the building process. We are. It's all the last minute little details and meetings about everything from how to how to control the the blinds, <laughs> the electric blinds on the front of the tower. So, here's how this so we have all these little trainings scheduled. There's trainings on uh, the lighting and training on the baptismal font and on the HVAC system and all this. And today we had training on the shades, the shades on the blinds. the blinds and uh literally it was if you want the blinds to go up you press this button if you want the blinds to go down you press this but, button. but there's also there's a quarter button and a half button and a 75 percent button depending on how much of the window you want covered you know jesus never had to worry about these things at the last supper uh, uh I'm, I'm sure judas <laughs> took care of that i can see that now um the sun's coming a little bit matthew uh can you please just go <laughs> over and put the blinds about 50 percent? that'd be great yeah thanks <laughs> so yeah it, it's really but you have to have everything covered. And of course, when you do it, I don't know if anybody's listening has ever built a new building. There's all kinds of little shakedown stuff. Yeah. In fact, that's what they call it in the Navy when they take a ship out. It's a shakedown. And uh, you find all kinds of things that have to, you know, little noise here or something that doesn't respond correctly there. Right. The HVAC people are coming in this afternoon for another training session. Exactly. It's just lots of cool finishes. Um, I think you're going to, Love, not you, Father, you've seen it, but those that are listening, our new Connection Center where we're going to gather before and after Mass. Uh, we have a lot of beautiful signage in there. It's going to be a great place for people to visit uh, for first-time guests just to get involved in parish life and get connected. Uh, this is going to be a really good home for us. And, you know, I was thinking, I bet James the Lesser was the blinds operator at Poor the James Supper. the Lesser. Yeah. <laughs> How would you like to go through life as James? This is Michael the Lesser. <laughs> be pretty terrible. Yeah. We well, never I'll save that conversation for okay. another day. Anyway, let's talk about scripture. Well, that's probably a pretty good After idea. After 5 weeks, 5 weeks, can yeah, you believe it? We're escaping from, John. From the end of July through August, we had 5 weeks in a row. And it's been good. It's been a good 5 weeks. John chapter 6. Now, back meanwhile, back in Mark. Let me remind people what happened. We were reading Are Mark. we picking up where we left off? Well, that's what I'm going to say. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Okay. okay, since you ask. Okay, <laughs> Mark's gospel, we are reading along till we got to the part where Jesus multiplied the loaves and fish in Mark's gospel. Mm-hmm. So we literally jumped to John's gospel, the account of the loaves and fish. Got it. Which is chapter six. So we're going, then, of course, in John's gospel, it becomes a teaching. I am the bread of life. That's where we've been for the last four weeks. Right. Okay, now we go back to Mark's gospel picking up after the loaves and fish of Mark's gospel. So we're not going to repeat that part. So we're in Mark chapter 7, the beginning of chapter 7 of Mark's gospel this week. Correct. And it's the last thing we read in Mark before we went to John, where Jesus sent the 12 out on mission. They came back. And like they came, a boomerang. 
they came back and they reported all the good things that had happened. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said, you guys are tired and weary and we need to, we need to process this. I don't think he used the word process, but we need to debrief. I don't think he used the word debrief. Probably not. (laughs) But anyway, so let's go off by ourselves a little bit, rest and pray. And they try to, and the whole crowd follows and it ends with, and Jesus saw them. They were like sheep without a shepherd. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, that's where we ended in Mark. It goes into multiplication of loaves and fish, which we're skipping. And then it comes to... Chapter 7. Chapter 7. And I'm going to read only the first part because then I'm going to ask you a loaded question. Okay. When the Pharisees with some scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus, they observed that some of Jesus' disciples ate their meals with unclean, that is, unwashed hands. For the Pharisees, and in fact all Jews, do not eat without carefully washing their hands, keeping the tradition of the elders. And on coming from the marketplace, they do not eat without purifying themselves. There are many other things that they have traditionally observed, namely the purification of cups and jugs and kettles and beds. So the Pharisees and scribes questioned him, Why do your disciples not follow the tradition of the elders, but instead eat a meal with unclean hands? So my question for you, do I wash my hands? Not for you. Oh, good. <laughs> what do you say to your girls when they come to dinner table? Usually it's put down your forks. We're going to pray. That's usually what I, cause they will usually start eating before Claire and I sit down. And so then they need to put down their utensils to stop so we can pray. So if they've already chewed something and digested it, your, your grace is retroactive. The grace is enough. It is sufficient for also <laughs> what's in the belly. Okay, so because truthfully, it's because Claire and I eat in a average amount of time. The girls take forever, so they need a head start on us. Otherwise, we'd be sitting there for now. Okay, hours. you didn't answer my question. Do do you or Claire tell the girls are your hands clean or ask no. them? No, if if we were outside, if we were outside playing or doing something like that, we'd have them wash their hands. When so they, they come, come to the dinner table without any fuss, like wash your hands first. Yeah, I feel like a terrible parent now. No, you've got girls instead of boys. So. <laughs> Well, no, they're pretty messy, though. They should probably be washing their hands. Well, I grew up on a farm, and it was always, wash your hands. And sometimes we'd look at our hands, and they looked pretty clean. Yeah. And Mom would remind us, you just came in from the barn. Uh, or you were playing with the cats. And you don't know what's on your or hands. You, you're feeding the chickens. So even if you didn't have muddy hands or hands that were obviously dirty, right? Or you know, we still wash the hands. There, I think... That was before Perel and all that. I think sometimes we've gone overboard. Yeah. Uh, but even then, I think it served two purposes. One was literally wash your hands, cleanse yourself from the, the dirt. Right. The whatever the dirt was. You know, chickens are not clean animals. I like chickens, but they're not clean animals. Yeah. It was partly that, but partly I think it was sort of a symbolic preparation that the meal has a, a sacred component. There's a, like a, a holiness, so you purify yourself before you eat. That's true. I, I was thinking, too, even if your hands appear to be clean, the stuff that's going to make you sick is the stuff okay, you can't now, see. Now you're talking from the 21st century. Well, but I'm looking at it through my 2018 eyes. So you have spent more of your life in the 21st century than in the 20th century. Uh, that's correct. 18 years versus 15 years. Yeah. yeah. And that's just going to get more and more lopsided. It, you're calling me old? Well, somebody will someday. But I'm getting there. Yeah. I'm, I can only give it one year at a time, the ones that God gives me. Yeah. And that, you know, that's good. And I hope God gives you beaucoup de years. All right. I'm going to turn the table on you. 
when you sit down at home to eat, do you say, Herb, did you wash your hands yet? <laughs> no, but I do wash my hands a lot. I find myself, especially if I'm in public places, I try to wash my hands as much as possible. Even if, like, and this could be maybe a little bit of the germaphobe in me. I don't like washing my hands in a public restroom and then touching the door, not the handle that everybody else has touched that probably, let's be honest, most of the people didn't wash their hands after using the restroom. So I try you to... You think use, most people don't? Pay attention to the men that walk out of I public don't know restrooms. I, want to, I don't want to know that. It's really not great. But I love it at Panera where they got the little foot Oh, foot that's thing wonderful. You, you put your foot in to open the door. Yeah, especially during flu season. I would love to keep a bottle of Purell next to the piano. That's sign of peace, shake as many hands, and then purify. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got Sheldon here as my colleague well, on this podcast. <laughs> we'll sing, give us clean hands. Yeah. Okay, but now we're talking about the question, why did the disciples of Jesus not purify their hands when all the other good Jews did? I don't know. So Jesus took the question, mm -hmm. and he did not give an answer. They, they, the Pharisees and the scribes says, why don't they wash their hands? And Jesus responded. Oh, that's right. You haven't read Jesus' response. I was trying to okay, figure out what he like said. would you like to read Jesus' response? I would love to be his. It's a quote, by the way, it's a quote. His from voice. The, from, uh, from Isaiah. Jesus responded, Well did Isaiah prophesy about you hypocrites, as it is written, These people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines human precepts. You disregard God's commandment, but cling to human tradition. So... So there, so yeah. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus doesn't really answer, but he basically says, why are you doing it in the first place? It was not about the fact that you were playing with chickens or even uh, using a public restroom or H1N1. Yeah. It, yeah. H1N1. He was basically saying, you guys get so much more upset about some of these rituals, get down to what matters. Mm. That is the point of today's gospel. Mm. You know, what is your faith all about? So then we come back to the final paragraph. I'll let you read it. The final paragraph of this Sunday's gospel. By the way, listen up. This is the important part. He summoned the crowd again and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand. Nothing that enters one from outside can defile that person. But the things that come out from within are what defile. From within people, from their hearts, come evil thoughts, unchastity, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, licentiousness, envy, blasphemy, arrogance, folly. All these evils come from within and they defile. And they defile. Yes. That's heavy. So it's not the outside in, but the inside out. So mm. it's basically saying purify the core of who you are. Uh, on Monday night, we had our annual picnic. of All the priests are invited to the bishop's house. And it's a cookout. Mm -hmm. Very, very informal. And it's the first time I talked to Bishop Thomas since I had my nose surgery in July and he knew I was having a follow-up surgery from last summer Yeah, and I, he also knew it was not a big deal, but he looked at me and he said, wow, they did a good job. And he looked at me a second time. He said, you, you, you look really good. And a third time, your nose looks good. <laughs> Cause he was thinking, man, the last time I saw you, <laughs> yeah. things were shaking. Anyway, I said, Bishop, I think it does look good. Now, if only they could do something like that with what's inside. <laughs> and he said, oh no, no. But you know, the truth is it's the outside versus the inside. Mm. And that's life. You know, it's like we get caught up on outsides, externals. We get caught up with how somebody looks. Ask any teenager, you know, does somebody, if somebody says, I just love you because you're beautiful inside. Yeah. 
that would be like a slap in the face. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want that. I was reading a um, an article from National Geographic. Uh, I don't know if you've been following this or not, that at the Cleveland Clinic, they um, just completed in recent history, I don't know, I mean, within the last year or two, um, a full face transplant. Oh, I have followed here or there. And at the beginning of the article, they were talking about how much our face distinguishes us from one person to the next, you know, all the muscles in the face and all the things that our face can do. And when you look at somebody, um, how you can distinguish them because you know what they look like, you know, the people that, that you, that you know and love your friends, your family. And I was thinking about that, the external factors of that, you know, our, our external characteristics. Yes. You know, you can look at somebody and you might think that they're, um, attractive or unattractive, or you might think that they're, um, tan or pale, very pale in my case. Um, but how often do we truly examine a person at the core of who they are on the inside? You know, you always say, don't judge a book by its cover. And I find that I love going into Barnes and Noble because I, one, I think it smells good between the smell of the books and the smell of the coffee. coffee. Yeah. The two together are a great pair. Um, but it's overwhelming to me if I don't know what I'm looking for. If I'm just going in because I want to buy a couple of books to read, I'll buy one red book and three green books. <laughs> and how about a blue one? It is. It's hard to it's hard to know which book I want to get just based on looking at the covers or the title until I open it up and read a bit of the synopsis. Or I just finished a book last night, and I was re- I just picked it kind of up sight unseen, read the synopsis, thought this sounded interesting, it ended up being a great book. But I never would have known that just by looking at the cover it was what was on the inside that was the most interesting there's an old story about the little kid who was at the fair Mm -hmm. the carnival and they had all these uh helium filled balloons Mm. the red the green the yellow and this little kid who was african-american asked the question do you have any black ones Mm. and the man said sure and he said would that go up in the air like all the others? And the answer was, of course, it's what's inside that matters. Mm. So I think sometimes we have to think of what's inside. But the religion, this is back to the gospel, the Pharisees were all about renewing the Jewish faith. They were reformists. Mm -hmm. They tried to make it more pure. They got caught up on the externals often. And they weren't bad people necessarily. They just got caught up on the wrong thing. If we want to be in the process of purifying our faith or purifying our own faith journey mm-hmm. personally, we have to start on the inside and work from the inside out. And it's hard to do that because it means to be honest. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus has this incredible list of th- these are the things that are evil. Uh, by the way, I'm, I'm sure some people will, will li- use this as a checklist. Uh, evil thoughts, unchastity, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, licentiousness. What is that? We looked it up. It basically means like promiscuity. Okay. It's like giving yourself license to do something, but with definite sexual overtones. Okay. Licentiousness, envy, blasphemy, arrogance, and folly. Now, folly is a musical. Is it that's not? the follies? Oh yeah. <laughs> no, folly is almost like bad choices uh-huh. uh, follies often set in scripture as the opposite of being wise mm. i don't want to simply say foolish because we we equate foolish with sometimes just stupid mm-hmm. uh, or stupid decisions but folly is like 
making bad choices, putting your all of your all of your money on the wrong horse. Got it. I don't have any horses, but yeah, I know what you mean. So it says all these evils come from within and they defile. So do you have to wash your hands or not? Yes, you have to if you if you're if it's flu season. If it's flu season and if you have good manners, but at the same time, that's not what makes you holy. Right. Holy make it comes from how you behave on and here's the interesting thing. The outside becomes better when the inside is purified. Mm-hmm. So you can't be true blue inside and then do bad stuff. Oh, you might do make mistakes, but you if you are truly loving and caring about others and compassionate from the inside, the outside will come out. Well, as you're saying this, I'm thinking though too, sacramentally, God has given us tools to help purify us from within through baptism, the grace of baptism, through our confirmation when the Holy Spirit and the, the gifts of the Spirit are sealed within us. Um, and don't forget reconciliation. or mm, yeah. And I was going to say with Eucharist too, where we literally consume him yeah. to be within us as, as living tabernacles. So um, I think it's beautiful. It's, it's a powerful passage. Um, and it's, it's always back to like, okay, it's almost like let's stop in the middle of Mark's gospel and say, now what we're all about is not just to put on a show. Yeah. Let's, let's be authentic. And we could actually do a whole podcast about being authentic. Maybe we will someday. Yeah. We should have done it today. <laughs> <laughs> no time for that because our 23 minutes are up. Uh, 22 minutes and uh, 45 seconds. We're close. Okay. We're... Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great week. We'll see you this weekend. Have a happy Labor Day and safe travels if you're going to be out of town. <laughs>